Oh, are we starting? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Sean. Hey, it's Bree. And this is I Can Explain. The podcast where we answer the questions that you are too afraid to ask. And this week's topic is femininity versus masculinity. Sean was... versus Bree. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to tie gay into that topic, but you I just, mean, isn't, just couldn't do it. Isn't the battle of that really what being gay is anyway <laughs> <laughs> honestly pretty true like so you're never gonna see fucking itself. straight dudes be like my podcast is on femininity versus masculinity <laughs> <laughs> that is so true so yeah i don't I think that. i need to make it gay yeah <laughs> okay it's, it's just it's just all encompassing yeah is that oh is that a word all encompassing encompassing like a, compassing yeah where'd you get another n from <laughs> all encompassing <laughs> all encompassing <laughs> like, okay miranda sings <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so before we get started wherever you're listening please make sure that you're following or you're subscribed it really helps us out um, with helping us climb up those charts and for different platforms to promote our podcast to other listeners so we really appreciate that support also if you're subscribing um leave a review only if it's five stars please god otherwise just go on your merry way five <laughs> only leave a review if it's a five that's still my favorite remix of a review song that we've had <laughs> gorgeous honestly loved it you should drop a hit single honestly yeah called five stars yeah, called five stars called mambo that. number five stars <laughs> <laughs> also be sure to follow us on social media at i can explain podcast on instagram and personally at sean.lusk and at brianne williamson um yeah i think that's about it besides telling every single person you know yeah your dog yeah. your mom your mom's dog <laughs> your dog walker <laughs> <laughs> make sure they're listening yeah essentially we want more gay dogs to listen to this <laughs> <laughs> we're really trying to up our gay dog quota yeah it's the new we've trend. been lacking in that demographic so absolutely <laughs> so this podcast topic came about because I was having coffee with my roommate on our balcony this morning and I was like riddle me this <laughs> so you're a lesbian <laughs> <laughs> that was it <laughs> that was just the question yeah. riddle me this so i'm like okay but it has two sides so it's not just about like queer women but i'm like riddle okay. me this. and this is in specifics to like as soon as i start talking about this person you're gonna know who i'm talking about but i don't also really want to drop the name but anyways so i was like lesbians like women <laughs> so tell me why there is a a um offset like a uh, group of lesbian women that have the personality of fuck boys <laughs> mm -hmm. and that is like incredibly like like sexy to a, i was like so you don't like men but you like <laughs> women that act like the worst kind of men like i'm like <laughs> there's a type of lesbian that is literally like a douchey frat boy and yes. they're like they're like so hot to some people and i'm like what i like, it's so like, like that, what is it that is like the masculinity like like vibe that i don't understand and i think it yeah. works obviously both ways because like 
there's like different masculine feminine you know kind of genres of gays and lesbians yeah but riddle me that can you do you have any <laughs> like you know what i'm talking about obviously yeah obviously <laughs> okay so i will say this toxic masculinity is not specific to any gender Let's put it that way. Toxic you know, masculinity knows no bounds. <laughs> it doesn't. You know, any gender under the sun can be affected by it, has people who definitely, you know, live by it. And I think that, I, I don't know. I think that there is a definite crossover between, okay, there's a few things. And once again, I think this is, in a way, regardless to gender. However, I think that the same attributes that come with someone being a fuck boy that are shitty also bring some attributes that are what people would describe as hot. Yeah. So the type of person that has those shitty attributes often has other attributes that make them sexy. And it's rare to find one that don't have both. Right. So I think, I think that the vibe of the like fuck boy while bringing on all these like really shitty things as well. There's also that like sexy confidence. Like there's something about someone who's just undeniably like, just carries themselves as a really like cocky individual, even if you'd want to put it that way. Yeah. Like sometimes I think, especially for women that are told their whole lives that we kind of have to be quiet and ladylike and, you know, not speak our mind and not be obnoxious, seeing someone who identifies as a woman encompass all those things as kind of like a big fuck you to society can be kind of hot. It's like, you're telling me I can't be, Kyle, but I'm going to be Kyla. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be Bradla. Yeah. (laughs) Someone give me a monster energy. (laughs) (laughs) So while it brings on a lot of like toxic traits as well, I think there are, I think it stands out more because it's more rare to see a female kind of have that big fuck you to society moment of not following the quote-unquote ladylikeness that society expects yeah no i agree and also it's like you know fuck boys are annoying but the name is fuck for a reason you know (laughs) (laughs) fuck we do (laughs) i do get it (laughs) i think there's also like we've spoken about this before on this podcast there's something there's something about a fixer-upper absolutely (laughs) everyone wants to be the person that someone chooses like we had a we had a uh, episode a couple episodes ago about reality tv and like lgbtq plus and reality tv and part of that was that obviously not every person that goes on a show like the bachelor in a natural place would want that one specific person but it's that competition factor that you confuse actually liking them with the competitive nature of getting them. And I think with fuckboys, it's like that in the real world. Like, there's something about a lesbian fuckboy that 
you're like, they don't want it. They present like someone who wouldn't settle down for anyone or be like trustworthy to anyone. Once again, all these, (laughs) all these shitty traits, but there's something about it that it's like, Oh, well, if I was the one that they picked, right. So you're, you confuse actually liking them as a person with with wanting to be the person that they would like. Yeah, I get that. I think I have a good analogy, which is really confusing because, like, um, I'm very dumb, but also... (laughs) (laughs) Um, In this um, pandemic quarantine, I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption, which is literally, like, Grand Theft Auto for horses. (laughs) And it's, like... In the old times, I couldn't tell you when. I don't know anything about history. (laughs) And it's like you can tame horses from the wild. And it's really hard. It's really hard to tame them. And like the ones Mm -hmm. that are like really hot and cool are like really hard to tame. But you obviously want to tame that hot horse so that when you do, you can be like, look, you didn't think I could get this hot horse and look how hot my horse is. So I feel like that's kind of the similar vibe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, everyone wants to be... A sexy horse. A sexy oh. horse. That's what it comes down to, you know? Everyone wants to fuck a horse, honestly. Yeah. That's just... It. I was going to say we should retitle this episode to Fuck Boys, but now it's going to be Fuck Horses, question mark? <laughs> no, yeah. I think everyone wants to be... The Carmen to the Shane, which if you watch the L word, you know what I mean by that, because Shane, you know, is sleeping all around and like no one could keep her together. And then Carmen came along. It was like the first character on that show that Shane like settled down for and was willing to marry. Of course, spoiler alert, she ends up leaving her at the altar. So once a fuck boy, always a fuck boy, but she did have her for a while, That's, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> you know, it was something. So, and that speaks to fuck boys too. Like, I don't think it ends up turning out well for a lot of people, but they like to be the person that, <laughs> tried for a while well you know know, they might not keep the horse in their stable (laughs) but they did ride it for quite a while (laughs) yeah they got it in that stable they did parade it around town for a while (laughs) (laughs) i just think it's like such like i feel like we as um two communities the gays and the lesbians and everybody honestly uh-huh. has like this weird underlying bad this is bad i'm shaking my finger bad <laughs> stop it <laughs> <laughs> has like this bad thing that like femininity in both communities is like almost looked mm-hmm. down upon and we've talked about it we've talked about this whole topic before is what i was saying to brie but we've never like fully dedicated to it <laughs> so that's yeah because i think i think a lot of the topics that we talk about tie into this Obviously. so we've mentioned yeah. it but yeah we've never done like a full umbrella episode where we just talk about the fact that um although our community is different from heteronormative spaces we carry along a lot of those like trauma toxic (laughs) kind of yeah and toxic kind of like understandings of what roles different um types of people play like i think we've always been taught um that people that are more feminine or just females are supposed to be a certain way or are treated a different way, or maybe on a lower tier, maybe not as good as business. You know, there's all these stereotypes that come along with being feminine. And then you put that in 
in my case, like a queer woman space, and you notice those same um, different segregations within the community. So it's like totally. we're leaving men completely out of this equation and still somehow we're separating ourselves between, you know, femmes, studs, stems, tomboys, butches, all these things that we kind of hate about how we're separated from in regular society from um, being female or male, we bring into the community. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like <clears throat> we as a whole, like the LGBTQI community is, I would say, obviously, uh, the most welcoming of people who are non-binary, all of these different walks of mm-hmm. life. But at the same time, we're like still like still misogynistic. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. how are we like, you know, trying to be as woke as possible on gender and where you can sit on the spectrum, but still like hating women subversively isn't that yeah odd? like even lesbians are fucking misogynistic and i've said that gays are totally misogynistic oh a hundred percent yeah and i think there's all these like weird ties that run through and i mean they're all so deep-seated within us that it's so hard in the same way that we've talked about internalized homophobia it's so hard to kind of rework your brain by structures that you've been taught your whole life and you're still seeing in workplaces on television shows in magazines you're constantly reminded of it even when you have come out and even when you are safe spaces it's almost impossible to not carry in um, those things that you have been taught and are still being told. Um, Even a good example, like you mentioned non-binary, I've always found it really interesting that if you represent as non-binary, you are not given the same validation if you're a female who's feminine, who identifies as non-binary. Oh, absolutely. Or if you're a male who's masculine who identifies as non-binary, because there's yeah. this understanding that if you are non-binary, you somehow have to be in the middle and you have to be, for example, you wouldn't be a female. I'm trying to make the I'm trying to explain this. So like yeah. if you were if your sex was female, like you were born with this female sex and you identified as non-binary, the expectation would be for you to present as masculine. Oh yeah. They're like, we want you, but, but some right in the middle too. (laughs) Yeah. To make it make sense. Otherwise it's not valid for us. If if, like, cause why would someone who has the sex, like female sex organs and presents feminine, why would you be non-binary? That does not make sense in my mind. I'm not saying that I'm saying most people do. So this understanding is still there that even though we're saying, okay, we're going to be open to every sort of person. Well, we still expect that those types of people line up with the, the boxes that make it make sense in our brains totally people just like want this weird like comfort and like chokehold of understanding on someone's gender Mm -hmm. (laughs) and if they can't understand it or the feelings that that person has towards it they're like no (laughs) yeah and i think i think that all ties into being the our understanding of feminine femininity and masculinity and how as much as we try and understand that any gender can have any degree of of either of those things we still expect certain genders to have certain amounts of yeah. them 
Yeah. And if they don't, it doesn't make sense in our brains because we haven't we we've compartmentalized it to mean certain things. Well, yeah, because I know that you also have talked about quite a few times on the podcast, like if you are a feminine lesbian, but why did that yeah. sound like I was like having a stroke or something? <laughs> lesbian. Um, it's like my first Nothing time new. saying this word. <laughs> How do you say it? Like, lesbian? <laughs> like, sorry, I'm so uncomfortable with this topic. Um, <laughs> um, if you're a feminine lesbian, like a lot of the times in the queer women community, like you're almost looked down upon and yeah. like you are like right on the edge of jumping back to liking men, you know? Like, yeah, we could lose her like, at any second. Like, she's <laughs> wearing makeup. She's not really here. Like, yeah, there's this weird understanding that your amount of femininity or masculinity defines how gay you are. Yeah. And that if you're feminine presenting, you're somehow like on the brink <laughs> because it's like, well, you're still femme. Like one of these butches over here, like definitely switch you over. But uh, you're definitely, you know, you're right on the, the edge. And, uh, you know, it's like you have to overcompensate for explaining why you're gay because you, first of all, no one believes you when you first say it because they're like, well, you're too feminine. You don't look like a gay person. Like you don't present gay, whatever the fuck that means. And there's this understanding of like, we've talked about it before, lesbian style and what it means to look like a lesbian. And there's all these weird um, understandings of how femininity plays into that. And I would assume the opposite in almost in a lot of spaces in the gay male community that like, as a man, you're expected if you're gay to be more feminine. Yeah. Like stereotypically by society, like you've got to be a feminine person. Yeah. It's also like, there's a weird um, balance kind of because people in the same respect in queer women, people will be like, oh, like, to someone who, a gay male who presents more masculine, they'll be like, oh my god, like, I had no idea you're gay. But, like, they say that as, like, a positive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then if somebody okay, is, that makes like, sense. Then if somebody is more feminine presenting, they're like, oh, of course you're gay. And I'm like, what? Stop it! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's almost like, no matter which way we look, femininity is always the more negative side which is insane has, because like, we should hate men <laughs> <laughs> because you know if you're if you're a lesbian for example and you're yeah. feminine it's like oh are you really a lesbian you're kind of invisible in that sense um and if you're gay and you're feminine then it's like oh you're fitting into this stereotype and you've let me know that a lot of people in the community are like mask for mask and like only want to date masculine guys yeah i mean we're all mask for mask in the corona pandemic but (laughs) (laughs) different connotation now (laughs) there's this weird thing where it's like the undertow is that there's something like lesser about femininity and i think i've experienced i've talked about that on this podcast before i've experienced um 
toxic masculinity within myself and like seeing that within myself, seeing my feminine traits as something that is negative or is going to negatively affect me in the world because the world's shown me that so many times. Right. So I've always seen like certain sides of myself, like the softer sides um, and the giving sides and the caring sides as like a crutch in some way, like something that I like my Achilles heel, like something that, someone could use me for or see me as weak for opposed to something wonderful about myself. Um, so that's really sad. Right. And I think years of redefining the way I think about femininity has definitely helped that, but I still see it creep in, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, even I hate a lot of the times the fact that unless I'm with my girlfriend, people wouldn't assume I'm gay. And I mean, I definitely dress, you know, in more masculine presenting clothes, but I'm just by nature a very feminine presenting person. And we've talked about that before, you know, I have boobs and I have a very feminine face and there's some people that people will be like, oh yeah, I can tell they're gay. And lots of times I'm really envious of that because I'm envious that a lot of people, unless I give them my goddamn fucking lesbian resume, they just assume that I'm straight or they assume that Julia is my first girlfriend because she must have like switched me somewhere along the way. Yeah. And that gets really frustrating. But then the flip side of it is, um, I saw a post the other day and it was like, um, femme, femme invisibility is also femme privilege. And I totally agree with that because as much as there's a lot of it, that's frustrating for me to feel invisible in a lot of ways and feel like my identity isn't seen as, as valid by a lot of people. I also acknowledge that by presenting femme as a woman day to day life for me, I can fly under the radar and that actually makes me safer. Yeah. You're not getting like gawked at at whole foods for being a lesbian. (laughs) Well, exactly. Whereas I walk, you know, Julie and I will walk into a place and she'll get like misgendered, like she'll get called sir or she, or we'll walk in a place and people, I know, notice all the time people will take a double take at her because they're trying to figure out like, oh, is that girl gay? Is that girl a guy? Is that girl? You know what I mean? Yeah. She just looks different because she's so androgynous looking. So as much as the things that frustrate me about being femme to her, she would love to sometimes experience being able to fly under the radar. So I acknowledge that as much as it's frustrating to to be feminine and present feminine in the way that it makes you feel invisible. Sometimes it's also a lot of times a privilege because unless I explicitly say it, for example, at my workplace, if I was dealing with a new client or whatever it is, unless I explicitly say something about being gay, most people would never assume that I was right. Well, I don't know. At work, you kind of wear like a blazer and like dots. <laughs> I think okay. some people there. might assume, but not as much as you are thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. No, no, Shut no. up, you femme baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh you don't have God. any problems. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that like you could probably say the same thing for guys that are more masculine presenting. I hate them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that we hate them. That that's, you know, I'm sure you could agree on that. No, but for them, like they could maybe go in some ways it would maybe be frustrating because people would second guess that like, Oh, you can't be gay. You're a football player and you're a whatever. But those same things that are maybe frustrating for them and maybe put more pressure on them. Um, when it comes to society's expectations of who they should be, it's also a privilege because they can walk down the street or introduce themselves without and still catch a football. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it's like, uh, it's so funny though, because when you, when I think of like the, the positive traits that one would assume from femininity, mm-hmm. those to me are so much better <laughs> than the, the traits you would assume with masculinity, like in a stereotypical right. understanding of those two. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like femininity is given the understanding of like being like soft and like intuitive and like a listener and like caring yeah. and being a like masculine person is like being like strong and tough and like not crying and then like maybe yeah. sure like making money like that's the only one that appeals <laughs> to me <laughs> yeah but i'm like that's just like it's so ridiculous that people like see there is such like a stark contrast between the two when it's like no Let's all just be feminine and hashtag kill all men 2020. <laughs> oh my God. Hashtag Sean is getting canceled 2020. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? I was going to say I hear you, but I want to put a public statement out there that I do not agree with Sean on that. Don't cancel She's, me. She is winking over video. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. And I, it's interesting because, um, as we know, I've recently joined TikTok at Brianna oh, Williamson underscore. My, is it, you need to tell me straight up, is this going to be every episode? <laughs> From now on, this is a TikTok podcast where I just your gay my big sis. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I fucking love TikTok. Come at me. Um, so I've recently joined TikTok over the quarantine. I don't even because... think you can say recently at this point, by the okay, way. Yeah, it's, been two and, it's been two and a half months of TikToking every day and I'm obsessed. And so follow her social <laughs> shut up. <laughs> at Brian Williamson underscore. Something I've noticed on TikTok is I was under the perception I think because in my old, old, old age, um, people have kind of grown out of like needing to like lead with their label. Right. And I'm not trying to say this in like a shady way. Maybe I am, but I, everyone's been there. I feel like when you first come out or you're first figuring yourself out so much of your identity, because it's taking up so much of your headspace is your label because you know, that that's natural because you're thinking about it all the time. You're trying to figure it out the whole time. You realize it's going to affect your life. You've got to come out. It's going to change your friend groups potentially. Like it's so much of your life. So when you first come out, it's so important for a lot of people to like really nail down, like what is their label? What does that mean to them? Where do they fit in, in the community? And it's almost like they lead with that. Like that is their personality first. And I think because uh, most of my friends are obviously older, maybe they've been out for quite some time. And older than you? 
<laughs> yes, believe it or not. Whoa. <laughs> Lesbian Granny Club meets once a week on Thursdays at 4 p.m. for a glass of ice ice wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so like now it's it's more settled into okay, we're just us. And then it's very rare that we're talking about the fact of like what being a lesbian means to us or who we are as lesbians or where we identify. It's just, we're a group and we all fucking get it. We're gay. We've, we've been there. We get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I find when you like, when you meet people that are first coming out, a lot of their conversation kind of revolves around like what being gay means to them and how they identify and, where they fit in. And I totally get that because I've been there, but I guess because I haven't been around it as much for a while, I thought that that was becoming kind of less because the way the perception for me is that things are less cut and dry now and that people are more aware that like, you don't have to be in one box and it's not just like gay, lesbian or straight, you know, you can be queer and pansexual, bisexual, non-binary. There's all these different terms that I thought it was kind of almost making it easier for people because it was like more of a big umbrella of like, yeah, you're just under the LGBTQ plus community. Then I went on TikTok. The teenagers are stressed, Sean. They are so stressed. Are they femme? Are they butch? Are they a stud, a stem, a tomboy. Are they like femme only on Tuesdays? Like they cannot figure it out. And it is keeping them up at night. And on Wednesdays was... we wear femme. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's crazy because it's kind of like a time warp for me because I list, I think back to that time when that was so me and I've spoken about it on tum- like being on Tumblr and trying to figure out like how I'm supposed to dress and who I'm supposed to be. And I, it's weird to see how things have progressed in so many ways and a lot of great ways, but that's still happening where people are so concerned or feel the pressure that they need to be concerned about giving themselves an exact label. And I find, and a lot of that ties into whether you're feminine or masculine. And a lot of these, like, you know, 16 year olds have just figured out, okay, I'm going to go with lesbian. But now there's a whole other can of worms of, okay, well, am I a femme lesbian? Am I a butch lesbian? What does that mean? Oh, should femmes only date butches? Do butches only date femmes? Like, it's this whole fucking thing. So for anyone listening, that's new, new to being out or, you know, maybe younger and just figuring yourselves out. I just want to give you the permission that you actually don't have to be one of those things. I think the rhetoric out there is that you do. And like, there are times where I wake up and I feel extraordinarily feminine and I feel beautiful wearing a dress and like hair extensions and makeup and the whole nine yards. And I feel powerful in that same with Sean. (laughs) And there are days where I'm like, I wish I had no boobs. I hate that I present feminine. I do not feel powerful like this at all. I wish I was more androgynous and that's fine. And I think I like, I move in between those different versions of myself. So you're allowed to not be one. And also, even if you're okay with being one or you feel powerful in labeling yourself as one, it also doesn't have to define who you date or who you're friends with. Totally. Like, and also like it, it will change as well. Yeah. First of all, it'll change like in 10 years. Like I'm mm-hmm. way different than the person I was 10 years ago. But for mm-hmm. me, it literally changes like 
every hour on the hour. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, think that, I think that's kind of like the beauty. And then also, I think that is one of the like huge positives that we've talked about before is that like as queer people, we are almost like allowed <laughs> everybody's allowed to do it but i'm saying like mm-hmm. as a society we are almost allowed We've the ability to play with yeah. this because yeah. if you're straight and do it it's like super looked down upon but if you're queer and you do it they're like well of course you're doing that yeah. <laughs> which is a bad thing bad <laughs> but <laughs> waving your finger can, again it can be a positive for like your own expression and understanding and things like that i would say totally like sometimes i want to be a lady I want to be treated like a lady. I want to be like, and you know, sometimes I don't, sometimes I want to be like, like this, like mask, like boss. Like that's how I feel. And I, once again, that even me saying that, like, sometimes I want to be a lady. I can be a femme boss, but like, that's what I mean. Like we're so deeply embedded in like what those different vibes mean that it's hard to like rework that wiring of i mean like we're fucking handed a platter of like gender roles from Mm -hmm. the second we are born Mm -hmm. so we're doing our best okay (laughs) we're trying (laughs) (laughs) like it's like when i think about my life from a beginning like there's obviously some understanding as to where you see gender roles coming from like my life as a child like my dad worked full-time and my mom was a stay-at-home mom so it's Mm -hmm. like the the feminine like attributes that i can think of i always put to like that kind of a person which is like that's where that's just the beginning of the problem (laughs) oh god yeah it's so deeply embedded in our society and everything but i think the biggest thing is just like allowing yourself to not stress so much about like where you lie and just wearing what feels comfortable for you dating who feels comfortable to you like being whatever you know, not even like, I don't don't think don't stress about for me, I think the most important and like powerful thing that I kind Mm -hmm. of realized was that like, it wasn't really about where I, my God, excuse me, this beer is just fighting its way back out. (laughs) (laughs) Would it be an episode without Sean burping? Honestly? There we go. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, It wasn't so much as where I... You're such um, a bro, Sean. Honestly. That's the thing. I'm like, some days I want to be, like, a lady at, like, high tea. And other days I want to be, like, Kyle in the monster truck drinking monster (laughs) energy. (laughs) So... um, But it wasn't really about where I felt that I fit in a spectrum of femininity Mm -hmm. and masculinity it was literally just like doing things that i enjoyed regardless of what previous connotation i thought they had like if i want to wear makeup i'm gonna like i don't i try try to just do something that i want to do regardless of how people see it which obviously like even me Mm -hmm. i catch myself having to rework my brain every fucking minute of every goddamn day but yeah but i like i think that's a good way to approach life is just do what feels good you know if you want to put on makeup one day put on makeup one day if you want to wear whatever one day wear whatever if you want to date so-and-so because you like their energy date so-and-so like don't worry so much about how those things match up and i think by like as 
queer people, we are already narrowed down enough. Like we've talked about this before with dating pools and we already have only a certain percentage of society that's out. Okay. So you've already got a much smaller potential dating pool, especially if you're in a smaller town and then to have all these other like guidelines, like mask for mask or like, Oh, you know, in the queer woman community, it's more like, Oh, femmes only date butches or whatever. That's like the kind of vibe it's you're doing yourself a disservice because you're the same thing. You don't want to be done to yourself, which is to be labeled or like to be made a some, like, I can't, I don't know how I'm trying to explain this to neither. You don't don't want people to make assumptions about you before they know you. So for people to like, for you to write other people off, just how they present is such a shame. Like another thing I've seen on TikTok is like this weird like trend. Sorry, like I'm just I'm like, like, one thing I've seen. Like you literally are on an app with like twelve year olds at like thirty five. Of course, <laughs> you're gonna be shook with what you're seeing. Okay, for, for everyone listening, I'm not thirty five. Sean just aging me every podcast. I'm in my twenties for Christ's sake. Twenty eight. Anyways. Another thing I've seen is people being like, I'm a bro. Like, I'm I'm a tomboy, so I'm looking for other bros to bro down with. And it's like, because the assumption is, is they can't be just friends with femmes. Right, right. And I'm like, now we're going back to the, like, archaic understanding in heteronormative society that, like, guys can't be friends with girls. Literally. You're, you're recreating that same thing in a community of women. By separating us. No, no, I liked that thing that they were doing. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was fun when we all could only be friends with certain people based on levels of masculinity and femininity. Let's recreate that here, despite all identifying as women. Like, what is going on? So I just think, like, the less that we can, like, separate each other and make assumptions about each other and just let people be and also empower yourself to do the same. Like, as Sean, I think that's really great advice by Sean is just do what feels good and what makes you happy and care less about if that checks off for you in a certain box. I also think, like, a big thing for me, and, like, I'm not saying this, like, I'm not somebody... Like, I have definitely, like, a ton of, like, feminine attributes, and but I don't necessarily, like, push the envelope with my, like, feminine representation. But a big thing for me growing up was, like, learning that, like, if I saw a photo of, like, someone who was feminine presenting wearing a cute outfit i was like oh well, i can't wear that anymore i'm like well you can <laughs> like i'm like yeah. if you see clothes you like just buy the fucking clothes you like and i'm like just i hate nothing in this world more than a flat shoe <laughs> when i realized that i could get a shoe with even a slight heel in my size still like the amount of times that i <laughs> look for just like chelsea boots or something like i wouldn't be caught dead buying a man's i'm using quotations my fingers are very cracky today well that's a throwback <laughs> that is a throwback the cracky um, fingers like i wouldn't be fucking caught dead buying a man's chelsea boot now because they are boring they are flat they are ill-shapen and they were all like brown gross suede <laughs> so. i just want to stop you there and say i don't know what the fuck a chelsea boot is but i'm well, happy for you that you found one with a heel. <laughs> So yeah, when I realized that like if there was something like that I liked, I could literally just buy it. 
<laughs> Mind you, I will say like a lot of that came with like me making my own money and like my parents yes. not buying my clothes so that I do understand that that is like a big thing. I for a while, yeah. my style was like what clothing my parents bought for me, which yes. I am obviously thankful that they clothed me. But yeah. <laughs> when but I, I get that, my... it's a oh. whole other thing when you have to like ask for something totally. or that's maybe out of the what they expect to be the norm. Yeah. But as soon as I had my own money, I was like, I'm getting some heeled booties, bitch. <laughs> Honey, those Chelsea boots are going to have heels. <laughs> yeah. And you've been stepping through life ever since. I've been I... clomping through life ever since, like one of those sexy horses. <laughs> uh, I'll always remember when uh, Sean came over. This is like maybe in the first 15 episodes. He came over. I was house sitting my par- at my parents' house and it had snowed. And the next day I went to walk to my car and oh my there was God, like yeah. little heeled boot, like imprints in the snow. And my initial, my first thought was going back to like how embedded it is. I was like, what woman was wearing heels around here? Because <laughs> I don't wasn't wearing heels. Julia, my girlfriend, was not wearing heels, and I was like, "Did like some heeled lady show up?" And then I'm like, "Oh right, door saleswoman came here. <laughs> what what old witch walked up to my door when I was here?" <laughs> I go, like, oh, "That's just Sean." Just I love me. it. Also, it's so funny. Like I have, I you're currently balanced on it right now. I have like this like kind of like faux suede bench and Mm -hmm. it's in front of my window and i was stepping on it the other day to fix my curtain rod and i stepped off and i was like oh my god my footprint is like the funniest thing ever because my (laughs) arches are so high that it's basically just a front section and toes and then a heel (laughs) i'm so pushing for you on foot porn Oh, don't worry. She's coming. The <laughs> pandemic has brought it. <laughs> Anyways, and then my roommate, I was like, Lauren, come look how fucking gross my foot is, but hilarious. And then she put hers down and she has such flat feet that it was literally just like a full like handprint, basically. Anyway. Like a Fred Flintstone. <laughs> literally. <footprint. laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, yeah, I think that this was an important topic for us to discuss because um as you've heard, we do not have the answers. It's still deeply embedded in both of us. And there's still a lot of things that we have to, um, rework and learn about and grow. And I think society's doing a pretty good job of moving in that direction and getting better and better about it. There's still a long way to go. Um, but I think if we're all just out here with an open mind and, you know, trying our best and also um, empowering ourselves to just fuck it, be who you want to be and do what you want to do. Um, that's all That's all we can do. But I, I did want to talk about this and I like that you brought this up, Sean, because um, I think this topic ties into pretty much everything we talk about. But we've just oh, yeah. Explicitly talked you know about what's it. wild to me, though, just to f- wrap this all up? Yeah. When I was younger and I like started contemplating wearing makeup for the first time i just Mm -hmm. could not understand why that was something that was only like specific Mm -hmm. especially like this was the fucking early 2000s like it was way less woke than it is now but i was so confused as to why that was something that was like targeted just to women yeah because i'm like men you have skin too 
Also, like skincare, like try a moisturizer for once. (laughs) But I'm also (laughs) like, you have under eye bags. I'm like, shouldn't everybody just like make themselves like, or I guess shouldn't nobody and we should all just accept it. That would be a whole other thing. (laughs) But but I'm like, shouldn't you like, you know? No, shouldn't everybody be able to use a product that can be used on any face? Like, you know what I mean? Literally, you all have a the face same... or anything. You don't even fucking need a face to use concealer. <laughs> you can use it on, like, anything. <laughs> you, we are so inclusive here. We just wanted to remind you that even if you don't have a face, please feel empowered to use concealer. That's the fucking da 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 Sean's quote. You, you don't, don't even need, need a face. face. I'm going to be the new, like, L'Oreal spokesperson. <laughs> Forever trying so hard to be PC that we're even reaching out to the people that might not have a face that want to use The commercial concealer. is just me drawing on a wall with concealer. I'm like, you don't even need a face. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, wherever you're listening, face or no face, please make sure to subscribe, follow, share us with your friends, leave us a five-star review. We read them all and we really appreciate it. And you can follow us on social media at I Can Explain Podcast and personally at Sean.Lusk and at Brienne Williamson. And until next time, we will see you around, around the, the gay neighborhood. Were those lined up at all? <laughs>